Today's podcast is brought to you by Liquid IV. This is a partnership I'm thrilled to share with you guys. The subject of hydration is a meaningful and important one that I think a lot of people don't have the conversation. It's just simply a fact that you cannot perform at your highest level if you are dehydrated, especially in these crucial summer months of training for cross country being hydrated is a must. Despite the myth floating around, water alone does not keep you hydrated. It's very important to supplement with products like Liquid IV to ensure you're ready to go for training. So why might you ask, should I choose Liquid IV? Well, I have a few facts for you. It has two to three times more hydration than water alone. It contains five essential vitamins, B3, B5, B6, B12, and vitamin C. And it has three times the amount of electrolytes compared to traditional sports drinks, which is just incredible. And then also Liquid IV uses only premium ingredients. Every product is non-GMO and free from gluten, dairy, and soy. One crazy fact that I feel like a lot of people don't realize is that dehydration occurs daily in 75% of people. It's not just runners where dehydration happens. It's in everybody and you need to be hydrated to feel your best and perform your best. And you can start to fix that problem by fueling up with Liquid IV. Don't wait, you can start to run faster and feel better today. So maybe you're not convinced yet. <laughs> you can get 25% off of all products with code the running effect, all caps. In addition to this, we get a small commission from sales using that code. So you are directly contributing to the future of this podcast, which is super exciting. I'm super passionate about this product and hope you will all give it a try and help the podcast in the process. So I hope you all try out Liquid IV. It's definitely helped me in my training and staying hydrated. And even in these podcasts, it's uh, one of my favorite beverages to drink while I uh, ask the questions on the other side of the mic. So without further ado, let's get into today's episode. Welcome to this week's episode of The Running Effect with Dominic Schleter. I'm your host, Dominic. And before we get into today's inspiring and impactful conversation of the show, I would greatly appreciate it if you liked, subscribed, shared the show with your friends, and gave us a five-star review on Spotify. That way, people who haven't discovered the show before can discover the show more easily. Back for his second appearance on the podcast today is the legend Nico Young. In today's episode, we recap what the past few months have been like for Nico after a very successful indoor season and since the last time we spoke which I believe was in March we go through Nico running the third fastest time ever in the NCAA 5k history where I believe he ran 13 11 what it was like to qualify for his first NCAA outdoor championships and then ultimately what it was like to place third in the 5k in those championships we also go into Nico's preparation mindset and more going into his second ever US championships later this week actually so you guys will all have to tune into those races and then last but not least we answer your unique listener questions from Instagram it's always a blast having Nico on the podcast obviously he's a very fast person but he also has a very fun personality and brings a lot of in-depth wisdom into these types of conversations. So I hope you all enjoy this episode as much as I did. Special thanks to Nico for coming on the show. But without further ado, here's my conversation with the man, the myth, the legend, Nico Young. Nico Young, welcome back for your second appearance on the Running Effect podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. So we chatted about this a tiny bit before recording this, but you're currently still up in Flagstaff, Arizona, where you attend 
Northern Arizona University. But I have to ask, is it weird being there because everyone's gone home for summer break? So is it weird being there or do you enjoy like the solitude? Um, it is a little bit weird, but I mean, last year uh, I was doing the same thing because the Olympic trials were at around the same time. So it is it is weird not having as many people here, but it's kind of just how it is in the month of June. So, Do you like like not having school and stuff and being able to solely focus on running, or do you miss like the school aspect so you can take your mind off of running? Uh, I definitely don't miss the school <laughs> aspect, I would say. I um, am definitely enjoying not having, having to do school right now um, and just kind of spending my free time how I want to and uh, focusing on training. So. so other than running and training and working out, what are some of your other favorite things to do when you're not doing those things? Um, yeah, I would say uh, probably just getting together with people on the team or hanging out with people on the team and uh, just uh, relaxing and making food or watching a TV show or something in between runs and stuff like that I'd say I'm pretty I don't do anything too crazy I'm pretty lazy but um I don't know training makes you pretty tired so I I like to think it's productive even though maybe it's not but uh (laughs) okay (laughs) so we talked about this a little bit last episode and anyone who follows you on social media would know that you're quite the cook uh you like to make smoothies and, and whatnot last time we spoke was in March so have you made any new recipes, whether it's smoothies or pizza or something else that, that you want to share with us? Um, I, hmm. I guess I, I kind of just like make the same things. I'd say like when I'm in Flagstaff and stuff, I don't really do a whole lot here. But when I'm home for like when I come home this summer, I'll make a lot of like things like homemade pasta with my family and pizzas. Uh, in our pizza oven and uh, probably bake some things as well. But, um, yeah, it's, I'm, it's pretty simple when I'm up here. But um, I make, I mean, I have, like, a smoothie after every run. So I guess that's probably what I've been doing. We talked about this a little bit on the Lex and Leo Young podcast, and we were kind of debate or they were debating, I was asking the questions, as to who was the better cook. So I'm curious, let's throw your name in the ring. Who do you think is the best cook out of the three of you? Uh, me. Okay. I think it's me. Because, um, I mean, I don't know. They, they're, they've, they're interested in it for sure. But I've always been more interested in that type of thing. And I just think I, I just think I know more about it than they do. Yeah, I'm that's curious, fair. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, and I think they know that too. So. <laughs> that's we'll awesome. See. So on a like a training note, uh, I said this a minute ago, but we last spoke in March. That was when the podcast came out, and anyone can check that out. I'll, I will leave a link to our first discussion in the show notes for those who haven't checked it out. But we last spoke in March. We kind of went into your history in the sport and some other topics, whereas this conversation will definitely be more centered around present day and some current subjects. So we last spoke in March. So how was the month of April after coming off of a hot indoor NCAAs? That was great. Um, I got to run some, well, I guess I only ran, I mean, I kind of looped the sound running meet into April because it was like May 5th or 6th or something. So like I raced a, a 1500 in April and, um, and then a 5k after that 1500 to qualify for the regional meet and then the sound running 5k right at the start of May. Um, I think April was 
uh, kind of just like a, I mean, after indoor, I, I mean, it was, I didn't really take a break just because outdoor is right there. So that April was kind of just getting ready for outdoor season and doing stuff that is a little bit more specific for 5k type work rather than indoor season where we focused a lot on like 1500 meter stuff and 3k type things. Um, so there was a lot of training that involved that. I only raced um, one time in April, which was Brian Clay 1500. And um, I was really, really proud of that. I was able to drop my 1500 time by like seven seconds. And um, I felt like the best I ever had in that event. And I think um, my speed was progressing really well. And then I raced a 5k after that to qualify for the regional meet in the same night. And then um, the sound running meet at the start of May. So Nice. So you talked about um, coming off of indoors in March. You had a phenomenal performance at NCAAs, as we kind of talked about in last episode. So I'm curious to hear, do you find it hard to get motivated for training after a long buildup to a specific meet, or is it easy to transition back into training? I know you said you didn't really take a break, so maybe it's a bit different, but I'm curious to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah. Um, I mean, sometimes it can be uh, not motivating, but I think coming off of like winter, my winter break in December um, and coming into indoor season, I, I mean, I knew in my head that track was going to go all the way until, you know, around this time. So like the end of June. So I knew that that is what I had to prepare for. So I, even though, indoor season was over I was very ready for outdoor season I would say I didn't lose any motivation I was really excited for the plans for the outdoor season and just kind of ready to get going on that um pretty soon after um I think I'm do a good job of kind of just knowing when my season is uh probably going to be over and then that's my break where I can kind of like get away from it a little bit and then come back mentally prepared for the entire like next season. Cause I know that that's when I'm going to have to be ready for um, running for a, a long period of time, especially this track season, indoor and outdoor is a, the long season. So. <laughs> yeah, for sure. How do you like yeah. stay engaged for that whole time? Cause obviously when you're not racing, you're training really hard in Flagstaff. So how do you try and stay engaged for such a long period of time and focused on the goal at hand? Yeah, um, I guess whenever I'm not feeling super engaged with what I'm doing and uh, don't feel super motivated, I try to remind myself of what I'm trying to do and the goals that I have for the season and kind of, you know, how, how good I think I can be that season. And that usually motivates me enough. I kind of am like, well, if I want to run this or race at this race or qualify for this meet, then I have to do this boring morning run right now. Like I have to do that. Otherwise I can't do all these other things. So it's like, I have to do this to do that. So then I'm, I'm motivated to do everything um, when I kind of put it that way. So do you like, so you spoke about in April, you technically only raced once at Brian clay. Do you like extended periods of time of training or do you like, like it more when you're like racing in back to back weeks? Um, I would say, I mean, I like both. I think I like extended periods of training when um, there isn't racing that needs to be done. Like, I think the plan for this outdoor season was to run a fast 1500 and then run a fast 5K. And that was kind of like the only races on the schedule until 
basically like conference. Um, so I liked kind of having that structure of those two races and then there was kind of nothing else that I needed to run. So I was comfortable with not racing anything else and just training because I knew that would get me ready for the end of the season. So I wasn't already like exhausted or trying to force myself to continue on um, for the rest of the season. And then once it gets into postseason, where it's conference regionals, NCAAs and USAs, um, I'm excited to race all of those meets because um, that's kind of what I've been working for the whole season. So, We touched on this a little bit last episode, but going into it again and maybe even a little deeper, how special is it to train with the NAU team every single day? Specifically, like people I'm sure listening to this know who Abdi Nur is, uh, two-time NCAA champion, like people as successful as him. What's it like to have guys surrounding you all day, every day to push you to be your best self? Yeah, I mean, it's the I think it's the best environment there is. Um, we have uh, amazing team dynamic going on that's this whole year and last year that I just think has helped raise everybody to the next level. And it's not just that we push each other in practice, but we care about each other as human beings outside of practice. And it really shows when we're running at practice and when we're racing as well. I just think it's... Uh, a really great bond that we all have that um, brings us up to the next level in so many ways. And I think it's extremely important. Yeah. So you mentioned earlier that kind of the goal of the season before NCAAs or NCAA regionals, I guess, was to run a fast 15 and a fast 5K. As you mentioned before, you ran a fast 15 at the Brian Clay Invitational, and then you ran a very, very fast 5K at Sound Running's The Track Meet. And at this race, you ran 13.11 to be the number three fastest time in NCAA history. Uh, The person who has the number one time is Abdi Nur, your teammate. So very exciting. So can you take us through that special race and and what it meant to you to not only run so, so fast, but also see your teammate take down history in the same race? Yeah, well, this uh, a 5K like that we've kind of had on the calendar for ever since probably like the end of last outdoor season. So there was always a plan to to make sure we find the fastest 5K in the United States and then go run that um, at in this, this outdoor season. So that was like always something that we were thinking about and wanting to do and help prepare us for the postseason. So, um, I mean, that was a – it was – I had a great build-up to that race, um, so did Abdi Hamid, and uh, we just – I mean, we we decided to just go for it that day. It was perfectly paced, and um, yeah, it was just uh, for for a race like that to happen where it's that fast. Situation is such a big deal, and I, it was just a great situation. And I think that really helped us um, run the times that we did in the way that we did. So, I mean, it was fantastic and awesome to see both of us run so fast. And um, I mean, when I see Abdi Hamid breaks the collegiate record. I mean, I, I know that I train with him, so I'm like, oh, that's possible for me at some point. So it's just a matter of time. And I'm, uh, and I mean, that's also another really great thing about training with the best athletes in the country is that, um, you know, we know what goes on behind the scenes and it helps us, helps every person on the team kind of know kind of where, what they're capable of, just kind of seeing what their teammates can do. So I think that's super cool as well. Yeah, for sure. 
You people know this from you running the U.S. Championships last year, but in your career, very few times have you run in a field of professionals. Not only did you get to do that at the track meet, but you also got to run with Jakob Ingebrigtsen, the reigning Olympic champion. So how crazy was it to be in such an accomplished field and have so many guys help you to reach your ultimate goal of running a fast 5K? Yeah, it was, it was really cool to be in a field with um, so many yeah, accomplished professional athletes, um, Olympic medalists. I mean, it, it just... I mean, I think it just helps the environment in the race. We just, uh, I mean, without people like that in the race, how is it supposed to be fast or be competitive? So, I mean, that just raised the bar for um, what the race, what we could be capable of in that race, having so many people like that in it. So, Yeah, and then kind of diving into that race a little bit, can you take us through the race and maybe some key moments where, uh, things happened or you had to push or when it got really tough. Can you take us through some of those key moments? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I probably with about like at about halfway with like six laps to go was probably when it started to get pretty hard. Um, a little bit earlier than I feel like most 5Ks I run, but it was also at a much faster pace. Um, so I guess I expected that. And then kind of after that point, it was just about kind of holding on for as, as long as I could. And uh, that was kind of just my mindset for the rest of the race. With like 800 to go, it felt like I should have 400 to go. It was uh, definitely a <laughs> grind for the last bit. But, I mean, that's how you gain, get fitter and gain fitness. So, I mean, it was, uh, I think it's been super helpful for how I felt in these championship style races now that I'm racing because they're, now I've kind of lowered where like my personal best is. So everything lower than that, I seems to feel better to me rather than just because I've ran so much faster already. So how cool was it to see coach Smith? I'm assuming he was at the meet, uh, after the race and like share with him the emotion of you and Abdi Hamid run so, so fast and especially Abdi Hamid breaking the NCAA collegiate record and you placing, uh, or not placing you running the third fastest time ever. Yeah. I mean, it was just super, a super special moment. I mean, he's there to witness everything and uh, he knows how hard we worked to get to that moment. And um, yeah, it was just really special to have done what we've been saying. We know we can do the whole season, but to actually do it is a whole different thing. So it was just really special. Going into some NCAA talk, after missing out on the NCAA championship meet last year, how refreshing was it to punch your ticket to Eugene at regionals? Oh, it was very relieving to to have that happen. Um, yeah, it was a difficult experience not uh, making it last year, so I think that made it harder this year to make it through, but um, I knew that I was plenty good enough to make it through so I just had to focus on that and kind of forget about last year and just race the race and um I made it through so I was really happy with that for sure yeah what are the emotions like at a regional meet where you yourself are definitely uh good enough to the point where you should make the meet but also I'm sure you have in the back of your mind like anything can happen I didn't make the meet last year so what are like the the thoughts floating through your head as you prepare for regionals yeah well it's yeah basically what you said like anything can anything can happen i mean people 
don't make NCAAs that should make NCAAs every year. It's just like it's a lot of it's about like managing expectation and just going into that race and not panicking or stressing because um, the regional meet is just I think a very stressful um, place for racing just because it's about making the NCAA meet and I think that that is uh, kind of a recipe for disaster for most people and um, it can be really hard to frame it a different way but um, you kind of have to if you hope to run well at the regional meet to make it to NCAAs. For sure. So going into the NCAA championship meet which was your first one ever what were your expectations and goals for this meet? Yeah, um, I mean, my my goal was to win the race. Um, I mean, I guess that's like any race that you enter, you should try to win. Um, so that was kind of what I, but I but I knew it was also possible that I could win. So I was like, I know I can get probably somewhere between like first and sixth. So where am I going to be in that mix? And um, I raced to the best of my ability and tried to position myself well I think I was really tactically aware in that race and um, ended up third so I was very happy with it yeah so many good guys were in that race uh so so many good guys who had run ridiculously fast times but then you also I mean everyone in that field had run very fast but also a lot of those guys had good kicks some were more of 10k type so what were your thoughts going into the race about how the race was going to play out yeah well I think when you get onto like a starting line with everybody who has all these fast PRs, um, I mean, those times kind of go out the window when you're put in a race like that without a pacer and it's like a championship style race. So you kind of just have to remember that nothing is a given. Usually the person with the, um, I mean, I guess not usually, but like if the fastest PR does not mean that you're going to win the race. So, I mean, um, it was uh, just about, competing the whole time and uh i was not going to be the one to make moves until the very end and that's kind of what i did yeah going into the race a little bit more can you take us through the race and how it played out and the different moves that were made tactically yeah um so from the gun i made sure that i got out well um i mean i knew for basically like the first six laps um no position is a bad position but i still got out like in I think it was like second right behind um, Casey Klinger, who was uh, leading, leading it, I think. I actually don't remember, but uh, yeah, that was, so that was really good. Um, and it seemed like it was like fast for a lap or two, and then it kind of slowed down quite a bit. And then um, with like five laps to go, there was a lot more movement and a lot more shifting around so it was just kind of like everyone was just seemed like they were waiting for the move to happen and with about I think it was like a mile to go it really started picking up um and uh it was just about getting in with like three laps to go and then 800 to go it was about getting in the position that you want to be in and making sure that you stay there because once you give it up it's a lot harder to get it back so once I was kind of positioned myself right behind like the guy in front or the first two people, it was um, about keeping that spot. And then with 500, 400 to go, um, either being in the lead or trying to get into the lead. So uh, I think I did a really good job of of doing that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. So you mentioned before you placed third in this race, which was just such a stacked race with so many good guys. So what did that place uh, mean to you? 
it was I was I was really proud of it. Um, I mean, the placing was uh, just like kind of like I guess an outcome of how I executed that race. I was really happy with third for sure, but I was I'd say I was like most happy with how how good I felt for the entire race and how well I was able to close down that race. Um, closing speed is something I've been working on for a while and it's kind of been coming together sort of, but this kind of was a, a really, this race, it, it really came together and um, I felt really good and was able to close really fast. They just were a little bit ahead of me, but um, I think I had like the second fastest close in the race. So I was really, really happy about that. And um, it was a great improvement from where I've been. And I think it's going to only get better from here. So um, that was great. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. As previously mentioned, um, you did not make the meet last year, and then a year later, you placed third in the NCAA 5K championship race, which is so exciting. So what are the biggest lessons you've learned in this past year? Yeah, I think the biggest lesson that I've learned is managing expectation when going into a race and um, kind of just being able to be confident in the training that I've done and knowing what I can do and being confident in that rather than focusing on what other people are doing um, and uh, kind of counting myself out. I think being confident in my ability while racing is the biggest tool to succeeding rather than kind of worrying about every little thing and uh, over racing the race. I think this year I've done a much better job of um, kind of being really calm um, in the beginning of uh, racing races and not using any movement that I don't need to during the race and being patient and moving up when I feel it's right and then holding my spot and being decisive. I think I've been a lot more decisive when racing this year and not just kind of been moving randomly, just trying to match every move with like anxious movement. I've been a lot more calm and a lot better at that. And I think it's uh, proved really well in my racing and I've done a lot better because of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. So going into the future, we mentioned this at the beginning of the episode, you have the U.S. championships coming up in a little over a week, I believe. So how do you feel going into your second ever U.S. championships? I'm super excited to do that. Uh, I'm really looking forward to USA's. I think it's going to be a great race, Um, especially coming off of NCAAs and kind of seeing how I was able to put everything together there. I'm, I'm confident that I can put it together at USA's as well and um, be in the mix. Uh, I have the world standard, so the goal is definitely going to be to, you know, try to be top three, of course. Um, So it's going to be really uh, a really good race. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Do you think the NCAA, like, circuit, I guess that's not the right word for it, is, uh, like, similar to U.S. championship style races just because they both seem pretty tactical, or do you think they're a little bit different from your experience last year? I think this year it's pretty similar, um, unless someone just kind of takes it out super fast from the gun. I feel like that doesn't usually happen at, like, a U.S. championship, but um, I think I think it's the best way to prepare yourself for races like USA's. I'd say it's a little bit, NCAA's might be a little bit more tame, like people are a little bit less aggressive, but um, 
it's uh, a great lead up to competing at USA's and then hopefully eventually like a, a world championship or Olympic championship. Um, it's, uh, I think it's helped me so much so far in learning how to race. So, um, yeah, I think it translates really well to USA's. So last year at the U.S. Championships, it was like record hot days in Eugene, like every single day of the week. So yeah. do you still have PTSD from that experience? Yeah, that was awful. I don't know why it was that hot, but um, it looks like the weather is supposed to be a lot better. So I'm really hoping that it stays like that. But um, I mean, last year, you know, I ran fine when it was hot and it was fine. So if it's hot again, it'll be fine. But I'd rather it not be super hot like that. <laughs> so, yeah. And then one interesting thing about U.S. championships in general is that there are prelims, even for the 5K, you have a semifinal and final. Yeah. Do you approach that semifinal in a similar way to regionals where it's like anything can happen? Like, can you take us through the mindset of having two races where you want to be focused on the final, but you definitely have to get through the semifinal first? Yeah. Um, well, when when there's a a race that you're trying to get to that has yeah semifinal before it um before you race the one the semifinal i your focus just has to be entirely on that race like regionals i was i didn't wasn't even thinking about ncaa's like it was just all about regionals because if i didn't run well there then i wouldn't run at ncaa's at all so i had to be entirely focused on that and then once you're done with that then you can focus on the next thing but um last year at the olympic trials that was also the mindset that I was in um last year was also a little bit different because I would say like my expectations for what was going to happen was pretty wide it was like oh maybe I would make the final but if I didn't make the final you know I've still had a great season and I'm not really expecting to make the final but you know if I do that's like a huge bonus and I'm really really hope that I can um so then making the final was like I mean that was you know, gave me so much motivation going into the final, but, um, uh, that's definitely a lot different than, um, regionals where it's like, I, I'm expected to make NCAAs. So I have to make NCAAs. Mm -hmm. So that's a different kind of energy. And I think it's a lot harder when you have it like that. But, um, but yeah, you mentioned the importance of like being process oriented in the sense of like focusing on the task at hand. Can you dive deeper into that? It could be in racing training or even life. Why do you think it's important to be process oriented in life? Um, yeah, I think it's uh, extremely important because even just kind of like what I was saying, if say you're at the NCAA regional meet and you're the top seed and you're expected to make nationals, if all you're thinking about is, oh, I have to be top five or whatever. And uh, that's like, that's all you're thinking about. I have to be top five. I have to be top five. Um, that makes it a lot harder to be top five versus if you're thinking about what you're going to do during the race. If you're like, well, with four laps to go, I'm going to get right behind the person in the lead and sit there. And then with 600 to go, I'm going to take the lead um, and then hold the lead for as long as I can. And then, you know, when I cross the finish line, then I'll look up and see if I was top five. That's a much better way of approaching it where I think you can avoid a lot of anxious and like panic, panicked energy um, in the race, which I think definitely hinders your physical performance during the race if you're thinking about those things. Mm -hmm. And that, I mean, yeah, that goes for anything, not just racing. Um, 
you can't always be worrying about what's going to happen. Um, that's just, it's just not enjoyable and it's awful. Everybody, nobody likes that. So it's a lot easier. Well, not a lot easier, but it's a lot better to think about what you're going to do, um, versus what's going to happen because, uh, and then it's also more likely that what's going to happen is going to be more favorable if you're focusing on what you're going to do. Kind of how you get there, if that makes sense. No, that totally makes sense. I appreciate it. Uh, That's like, I think, a principle that people talk about a lot in the success world or like running world. What are some other principles that Coach Smith has like taught to you or the NAU guys that you think uh, you found uh, helpful in your journey? Yeah. um, Well, I would say that's like, that's probably the biggest thing. Um, I think that's what helps everybody most people like you know everyone on the NAU team have great races and continue to perform well and be extremely consistent I think you know everybody on this team you can expect a range of outcomes from and that's anywhere from you know good to great or solid to great because we're all taught to think about racing and these things in the right way where we can you know expect a certain outcome because we we know what we're capable of and we're approaching in the right way um so I think that's probably the biggest thing that he's taught this team. Um, I think another big thing that kind of goes along with it is, uh, I guess it's like the same thing, but, uh, you know, always your standard should always be like, you know, your standard should always be the highest. Like you want to win, you should be wanting to win every race that you're in, but your expectation needs to be like a lot wider. Like you can either, like you need to expect to win, but you also have to be able to expect to get like 10th or something, you know? So then if for some reason during the race, it's looking like you're not going to win, you're still going to be okay. And you're still going to race well because you know that, you know, getting seventh is fine versus if your bullseye is so small and you're only willing to get first, all of a sudden if first is not an option, you're, likely to panic and run really bad and maybe get like 30th instead of seventh. And I think that's like, you know, a big thing of, you know, why we run so well in cross country is because, um, you know, if we can't get 30th, we're going to get 32nd, you know, and that's going to help our team so much versus like, if you can't get 30th, you're a hundredth. I mean, that doesn't help the team. So that's a huge thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. One uh, one last question on U.S. Championships. What do you think are the biggest differences between like a semifinal race and the final race? Um, I think the biggest difference is that in the final race, everybody is trying to make a team, and um, everyone's a lot more anxious, and there's a lot of, like, especially in the second half of the race, there's a lot of movement happening, and people, like, shoving each other and it just is like a I mean you don't really have that feeling in a prelim I feel like because you know it's not as the stakes aren't as high so I'd, I'd say that's probably the biggest difference also in the final people close faster so that's something but that's kind of just always how it is so. <laughs> yeah one last question before we get into some rapid fire ones what things are you most excited for in the future they could be running or non-running yeah, um, I'm really excited. Of course, next year, this next cross country season, I think it's going to be really great. Um, super, I'm really excited for that. Um, after this track season wraps up, um, and then next outdoor season, 
I'm super excited. I might make a 10K debut. We'll see, but I'm really, I really am excited for that as well. So I've got kind of big things on the calendar for next year that I'm super excited about with running. And then, um, yeah, other than that, I'm, I wouldn't say I really have any other like goals, but I'm going to keep, you know, progressing with my personal life and things like that and things that I'm learning throughout the sport and with my team and my coaches. And I think that's what I've already been doing. So um, I'm excited for that as well. Super, super awesome. Nico, this conversation has been super fun, but to top off the conversation, are you ready to go through the rapid fire questions also known as the going to the well segment? Yeah, of course. Okay. These are all questions from Instagram. And for those listening or who submitted questions, I will not try to read your tag just so I don't mess up your name. Uh, The first question is, what is the most important aspect of training in your opinion? Consistency. Uh, this person also asked, what makes your family so special? Uh, we care about each other a lot. <laughs> um, RJ oh. asked, what does a normal training week look like for you? Uh, it's pretty intense, Monday through Saturday, and usually I have Sunday off, and that's it. Yeah. Nice. Um, another person asked, Who, what is your favorite song and artist? Um, my favorite song is probably Queen of Broken Hearts by Black Bear. I, I don't know. I have a lot of favorite songs. Uh, and he's probably my favorite artist, along with Alex Benjamin and Shawn Mendes. Nice. So I, I don't know if I've heard of that song, so I'll have to look it up after this. Uh, sounds awesome. Uh, yeah. Another person asked, what is your favorite food? Homemade pasta is probably my favorite meal when my parents make it, but my favorite cuisine is Indian food. Another question was, how do you recover from big races? Um, A lot of sleep, a lot of food, a lot of water, um, and yeah, that's it. All the essentials. There you go. Uh, Another question was, what is the best training advice you have ever gotten? Um, I am a person before I'm an athlete. Andrew asked, favorite thing to cook and favorite thing to eat? Favorite thing to cook would be probably baking like a pastry or something. And favorite thing to eat, um, I, mean, I, would I guess we just kind of, yeah, again, we just kind of went through that. <laughs> homemade pizzas are great too. Yeah. For sure. There you go. Uh, another person asked, what shoes do you recommend for high school cross country? Oh, um, I don't even know. Um, I mean, we get all of the Adidas spikes, and I, I really like those this cross-country season, so um, I guess those shoes. Nice. Also, a little plug for Lex and Leo. They review shoes all the time, so go check out your, their channel. And oh, yeah. I'm go sure they have yeah, an opinion on it. Um, Connor Long asked, favorite opponent to run against? Um, uh, Abdi Hamid. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, Rishal asked, what kind of potatoes do you like? Uh, golden potatoes. Uh, Julian asked, what do you eat before runs? Uh, cereal or like toast or something. Something pretty small like that. Another question was, what is your favorite movie? Um... I don't I don't have a favorite movie, but um, my favorite T 
TV show is uh, Modern Family. So. I think Lex and Leo said that too, so that must be like your, your family show. Yeah. Um, another question it was, is, how is. do you run in the hot degree weather like Arizona? Uh, well, I think most people think that uh, Flagstaff is like Phoenix. It's not. It's uh, The highest it gets here is like 90. Yeah. So, I mean, today it's like 90, but um, I don't run in Phoenix where it's like over 100. So. Nice. Another question was, do you like cliff bars? Yes, I do. Uh, uh, in addition to that, I guess this is my question, but what is your favorite cliff bar flavor? Um, probably whatever the peanut butter one is, I think. Yeah. Okay, awesome. Uh, okay, one more question. Uh, this person asked, and I've asked previous guests this question before, so I guess it fits. Do you think there are more doors or wheels in the world? Um, I think that there are more doors. Okay. Awesome. Nico, this conversation has been super, super fun. Thank you so much for coming back for your second appearance on the show. I can't wait to see how you do at the U S championships and this fall in cross country. So thank you so much for coming on the show again. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. It was great. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of The Running Effect. If you enjoyed it as much as I did, please like, subscribe, and share with your friends. You can also give us a five-star review on Spotify. That way, people who haven't discovered the show can discover the show more easily. You can also follow us on Instagram. I believe our username is The Running Effect. And then we also have a Strava club called The Running Effect Podcast. If you want to join and be with some fellow Running Effect Podcast fans, share some miles with each other. So I hope you all are doing well. I hope your running is going well. I hope your life is going well. I hope to catch you all in next week's episode. So God bless you all.